Hello and welcome back to the Miss Amanda Chen Show. We're now in season four of the 100 Mess Men series where I anonymously interview different men from all walks of life about masculinity, sex and relationships, and how that contributes to our self-worth. Continuing with this week's theme on platonic relationships, I noticed that a lot of straight men don't have friendships with not only women, but also gay men. Mass man number 83 is the masked outsider. This is a fun episode where I get to chat with a gay man about his perspective observing straight men as an outsider looking in. I discovered him from his videos on red flags with straight men in relationships with women, and I find it interesting because after all of that, no one has ever said that he was wrong. They just said that he was gay, so what does he know? I can really relate with this one being a female host, and I'm not a man, you know, trying to understand the position of straight men and how we can all work together on building better relationships. So let's get into it. I hope you enjoy the show. My relationship with men growing up, it's funny because my brothers, actually, I have a kind of good relationship with with them, but I keep it like at a distance because, Mm -hmm. you know, it's so much unknown to them. Like these men are unknown at some point because me being around them, you know, I know who they are. You know, I get to see like the forefront but seeing who they are in relationships and seeing their true colors is kind of like scary. Having straight friends and not family, that's even more scary because I really don't know these men and I don't know like, you know, their intentions, you know, where they come from, how they were raised. And it's like, you know, I just keep it to like a minimum. I keep it to like, you know, a distance because it's scary for me. Like, I don't know who they are and being out there and seeing these things and like, you know, hearing these things like, oh, wait, hold up. I got to like tread lightly. Mm. When did you start to have that hesitation? Like, and not just trust fully. So, Oh my goodness. It was bad. Um, actually. So growing up, I was a mama's boy because I, I am the last child, but um, they would bully me a lot. They would call me all types of names and they would like blame me for things that I didn't do. And then at school, like I was bullied physically. They would like push me, like pull, like pull. Cause I have long hair growing up, really long hair with like beads and they would pull my hair. And then like, they would like try to trip me and like they'll bump into me and it'll, and it was so bad because it was like why is this happening at school and home and then there was one point like I was uh, talking to a bunch of little girls you know we're talking and like I knew one of the boys he ran and just pushed me like and I slid on like the gravel and then I went to the office and like he pushed me and they were like oh you fell it's fine like wow. no he said you fell it, w- it, it was bad and then coming home and then dealing with that like you know being called names and then like it was it was terrible like I like I didn't even know how to like manage through it I didn't know how to like you know cope so I was like the only way I cope was just like mind my business just stay to myself and just be introverted because I was scared I was like I don't know what to do next because if I'm doing with this at home and at school was like oh my goodness and then there was one point where I had, I had family at the school with me and I have a brother who's deaf and my mom was like hey watch him after school and I would watch him because you know he's deaf and like he he, he he does have a person who does um sign language with him at the school and it was so bad to where, like, my family members at the school with me would lie and say, oh, he wasn't watching him. And this and this and that. And these were other boys, like, my family members, like, other, my nephews and brothers. And they would literally, like, be like, oh, he wasn't watching him. Like, he wasn't. I know he wasn't. And it's like, I am watching him. Like, he's older than me, but I'm still watching him. And I would get in trouble for those things. And I would get made fun of. Like, you're not doing this. And you're, you're, you're gay and all these things. And made fun of. And then to, like, have that blame for something I didn't do. And then to be pushed and bullied. It was a lot. It was a lot growing up. And I just was like, I got to tread lightly when it comes to a lot of straight men. Because I don't know where your mindset's at. That's crazy. When, when did you come out? Oh, I didn't even come out. I was made to come out. My, well, right. 
<laughs> I don't want to. Someone in my family outed me. Actually, I was talking to my friend about boys, and I didn't have a phone at the time, and I was using this parent's phone. And then so one day, I told the parent like, "Don't go through my like, you know, my Snapchat messages." And they went through my messages, and um, I was going to my brother's room to get some some socks. And then so I heard my parent talking to my brother about me like oh yeah he's gay I don't know how he's gay and mind you I'm in the next room I can hear everything that's going on and they're like yeah he's gay like I don't understand why he's gay that's not okay with me and they were just like talking about me and it was bad it was so terrible to deal with and then I walked out the room and I look at them and I'm like because I froze are you serious you were reading my messages and, uh, and then my brother was like I'll take you to school and then he gave me the whole like Christian talk, God talk. And he wasn't a Christian himself. He was just saying those things. So like, oh, you're going to go to hell and all those things. So I was like, wait, hold up, sir. First, I've been outed by a parent. And then you try to give me this talk. And I didn't have anyone. And then I, and then I went to school the next day. And I told my best friend what happened. And she was just like, oh, you're fine. Like, it happens. Like, you're fine. And this was in high school. So I was outed when I was 17. I think the next month, I would just like in a whole phase of just depression because mm-hmm. when I got back home that same day, this parent was on the phone with my sisters and I, and I was in the next room in my room and I heard them through the walls talking about me like, oh, he's gay. You knew he was always gay. You always knew he was gay. Like, you know, you can't deny this. Like you knew. And it was difficult to hear because I'm like, I'm next, I'm next door to you. I'm, I'm in the next room. And to hear this phone call was like, wow, it was difficult. Wow. And did this, which parent was it? It was my mom actually. Yeah. And would she never, did you guys ever have a confrontation and speak about it? We did speak about it, but it was more like, why are you gay? Like, how can you like men? And I was all like, I was like, I just do like men. And I was like, I like, I just like guys. Like, that's about it. And I just left the conversation. Where was that? And then she was like, you're going to get AIDS and you're going to die and all these things. And I was just like, well, okay. And I just walked away from the conversation because it was all like, you don't support me. So there's no reason for me to have this conversation with you because I know you don't support me. I know you won't support me. So it was like, just cut it short with me so I can just move on. So then how did that change your conception of just like anyone being safe? If your mom isn't safe and your Literally. brothers aren't safe and like boys at school aren't safe, then who who were the people that you could trust? It was no one at that time. But the thing is, this: when it came to my brothers and growing up with them, I thought that they would understand when it came to my mother because, you know, they were treated the same way with her. So I thought they would treat me better. And I'm like, no, like they're not and I realized no family member is but I thought with the boys they would understand because I'm you know like me I'm thinking like I'm a boy like you know you're like like she treated me the same as she treating y'all but no it was different it was different they were treating me the same way she was and it was like wow I really can't even but like you know like like there's no lifeline when it comes to it what is that way that they treat you is it like you're disabled or is it like you have a disease like what what would you describe it as I feel like back then it was more like I have a disease. Oh my God, don't like, don't touch me. Or like, uh-uh, like you're gay. Like, uh-uh, no, that's not it. But now it's more like, we support you, but it's still the homophobic jokes. It's still like, I know that you say these homophobic things about me. Like I've, I've seen you say it. I know you say it. It's like the hidden homophobia, but it's like blatantly homophobia. Like they'll say the things and do the things. Like growing up, I thought they would change. It's like, no, it just got worse when I came out. They're just like kind of more secretive with it, but they'll openly be homophobic when it's like something funny to them or when it's like them. It's like, okay, wow, you haven't changed at all. Hmm. I think people don't have a clear understanding of what homophobic means because when I started to work on a lot of women's organizations, just like women's empowerment movements, just talking to other straight girls, they yeah. were like, why do we have to announce our pronouns? And I was like, you're the straight girl. You, it doesn't even matter to you. Right. It, it matters to the others. 
And it was just like, just this discomfort of like, well, why do I have to suddenly accommodate somebody else's feelings? And it's like, wow, I think only the oppressed have realized that they have spent their whole lives accommodating others. And then all we ask you is for like one little thing so that we can kind of feel like we're maybe on the same page slightly, not even close, but you know, throw it out there, make it look like we're trying here and they don't even want to try. And that's, and I think the word phobia is kind of worded incorrectly because it's not about afraid. They're not afraid of us. It's like, they just don't like being uncomfortable and they don't want to remove their privilege. Right. Right. Literally, that's it. If that privilege is taken away from them, they're like, no, we had that before. Like it's ours. And they don't know how to be like, treat us with respect. We're here. Just give us this one thing. And they're like, no, we can't do that. No, because we have that. You can't have that. And they hate that. And it's so difficult to see because it's all like, just respect us. We're just asking for one simple thing. And they hate that. They hate if that privilege is taken away from them because they've had that for so long growing up. And now that like we're asking, hey, this, no, no. It's like, we can't even get nothing out. We can't even say anything because it's all like, you've had that for so long. So you think you're entitled to it because of that privilege. Mm -hmm. And I think we're brought up with the assumption that we're supposed to just take from people, you know, like prove your worth and then take everything that you can, right? Add tax to everything, you know, versus how about we just try to equal out the playing field and understand each other. And the only ones that are really pushing for that are the ones that are obviously isolated out that are like exiled from the status quo, right? To to say like, Hey, look, I'm already out. So it doesn't matter. Like, I don't really need to come back in because you've already kicked me out. I'm just trying to make peace here. And even like coming as peace, it's like, Oh no, we don't want that. We don't want peace with you. And it's like, then what do you want? Like, what do you think we can do to kind of change that script so that it's not about phobia it's not about fear so that they can kind of understand that it's just they're not used to sharing i'm gonna be honest i don't know because like i feel like when it comes down to it if we ask anything it's like they're scared of it it's like no it's a big no i I feel like it's a war to them i feel like we're we're asking for a war like to them like so like to them it's all like you're asking for too much and then we're like, it's not nothing big. It's something simple. It's a threat. Like, I feel like we're a threat to them. And it's like, no, we're not, we're not threatening you. We're just asking for simple, you know, just simple thing. And it's all like to change, they have to really educate themselves, understand like we're, we're coming in peace. And I feel like a lot of them don't want to learn. They don't want to educate themselves. They, they don't want to like see our side or see where we're coming from. They're just so used to like being in that standard of, oh, we have this. We know this. We have this we can't give it to like no one else. That's not something we can do. Yeah. Especially if you've lived with that entitlement your whole life, you're like, ew, why would I bother? You know what I mean? And I think the only reason there's so much hesitation or resistance now is because it's kind of being forced on them. It's kind of like a trend to be open-minded now. Right. Yeah. I think they're just like, oh crap, we got to do this, but like reluctantly. And then even if they're doing that, it's kind of like, I don't even want your reluctant acceptance you know what I mean because now it doesn't it's not genuine anymore and you're just doing it for your reputation you know what I mean yes that's what it is what I say is like they care for clout you're caring for that like for that entitlement like oh I did it like you know I'm I support them I'm here it's like no baby you're just here for the clout you're here for people to notice you you really don't care you're just here for them like oh you know what we see you oh you know you're helping you know you're part of the movement and really you're not part of the movement, baby. You're just there just to, just, just to do it. Just to be like, Oh, I did it. I'm, I'm, I'm here to help. 
I'm here for the change. And you're not here for the change. You're just here to be here. You're just here to be like, oh, I'm here. You see me? I'm here. Mm-hmm. I'm noticed. Just to get noticed. That's it. Yeah. So how has that changed? Like, how, how has the trend been for you? I'm 20. So over the years, I had like I had to learn a lot of people are just here just to be here. They don't really care about, you know, supporting me at all. Like they truly don't. I had to learn that with like my family and like a lot of friends. I was like, they're not here to really like support me. They're just here just to be seen. And mm-hmm. like growing up being younger, after everything that happened, like with my family, everything else and friends, I realized I feel like they didn't care back then. You know, they didn't care what I was going through, the way I was feeling. And now that I'm like being myself and expressing who I am and like showing the change that I, you know, things like that. They're like, oh, we, yeah, we're here for that too. And then there are certain moments where it's like, no, you're not. I, I know you're not. Because guess what? There were plenty of times where you could have changed and you could have shown that. But now that I'm doing better and I'm, you know, being myself, it's like, okay, now we want to support you. And it's like, no, I see you like for, for who you are. Like, you're not doing it for a good cause. You're not doing it to show change. You're not doing to doing it to um, better yourself. You're just doing it for the recognition of other people so they can see you doing it and that's it and I was like okay cool that's fine just stay away from me when you do it just get back because I don't have time for that I don't yeah that reminds me of this quote of like um, train tracks you know like everyone wants to ride the train but no one wants to lay the tracks so literally if you lay the tracks they want to ride on your train and benefit from that right and say like oh we're part of the future because this person's part of the future and they're doing these changes and, and here I am part of it but I think what's interesting is that you're saying that everyone wants to be seen and they're following these trends to be seen but they're trying to be seen as somebody that they're not yes whereas you've been trying to be seen the whole time as your authentic self the whole time so what's the difference in your perspective of, of like what it means to be seen what it means to be seen to me I feel like because I do it like I've been through the homophobia I've been through those things like I know I know what it feels like they don't know it's like you don't understand me and with them they're putting that fake stigma that they can see you, you know, and and that they've, you know, been through that. And they're like, oh, I do understand. It's like, no, you don't, because I've been through these things. I understand these things. I'm me. Like, I, I've been around this, you know, I've been around this so many times. I've been around the homophobia, all these things. And so for you to say, like, oh, I do see you. And then, like, you do things that show that you don't care and, like, you know, show that you want attention. It's all like, wait, hold up. If you really wanted to care, you wouldn't care what other people think. You would just be like, oh, you know what? I'm doing it to do it. I'm here for the change. I'm, I'm here to really make a movement. You're not here for the movement. You're here just for somebody to see you, to see that, oh, you know what? I'm here. I'm here. You know what? I support him. But you guys, do you see me? Oh, yeah, I'm here. Like, yeah, I see. Like, no. Be like, you know what? I'm here for you. I, and, I, and the thing is, it's like, I feel like a lot of them be like, I'm here, but I want the, the outsiders who are on the outside to know I'm here. But then the people who are already in that stigma of like, I have that privilege to be like, I'm with them. Like, do you see me? Like we and my friends are with them and you don't care because guess what? You care what they think. You care what they think. You should be wanting to be like, Hey, I'm making this change. I'm here with them to make this change. I'm going to make this change with them. Nah, I'm here with them just to be here with them. So you guys can see me for that recognition. Yeah. And I think there is um, a carefulness that they have where it's like, I don't want to, be too supportive yeah. of everybody because then my old friends in my privileged mm-hmm. space are not going to accept me. So I got to like maintain this equal ground. And I think the biggest thing that I learned is with like sexual assault. Right. And that mainly happens with anyone that's oppressed basically. Right. right? And I just saw that 
if it was ever a group of straight men talking about it, they would try to figure out how to rectify the situation without the oppressed there. So you have all these dudes that don't understand what that experience is like trying to navigate and strategize on the best like response of like, how do we politely say this apology and make it all go away? Right. And, And then all they do is move everyone. Like if it's an, a workplace, one person has to leave the workspace, you know, and there's no result no. after this because it's just like, oh, let's just set them away. Let's move them, move locations. And then right. we'll never have to see them again. And I hate that because it's like, what do you mean? I'm never going to have to see this person again. Like, that's just erasing that this experience right. ever happened. Ever happened, literally. And that's what they do a lot. And I've seen that so many times because like they try to just like race it. Like, oh, it went away. It's done for. It's done. Like, oh, it's fine. Like, no. This happened to me. You're yeah. like, you're just saying that you can fix the problem, but all you did was just try to say it didn't happen. All I did was just move him. All, all you did was just move it. That's all mm-hmm. you did, basically. And it's, it's, it's terrible. Yeah, because eventually it's going to come back, which it does, right? It comes back harder and stronger, right? And then it's like, I don't know. I don't know what the future would be, but I remember I was trying to find allies with straight men that wanted to help at least figure out a better resolution and they were like, you know, how, how do you want this handled? Because as a victim, I probably wouldn't want to be in the room when this is right. when this decision is happening. But at the same time, maybe I do, because maybe I would want that ability to right. represent myself, vocalize for myself, right. rather than spoken for. You know what I mean? Literally. I totally understand. And it just reminded me of something that happened, like, with, with the whole fake support thing. Like, how people, like, how straight men, like, how a lot of straight men are like, we want support. Um, I was watching this TV show called Grand Army and this um, this young girl on there, she had these like straight friends, they're men. They were supportive of her, you know, like like um, the characters were supportive. But then there was a point in one of the episodes where they assaulted her. And then like, they were like, oh no, it didn't happen. It didn't mm-hmm. happen. And then her other straight friends, her other straight male friends are like, we support you, but mm, oh no, oh no. Oh no, they're gone now. Like. They moved schools, like they're gone. So it's like, it's okay, it didn't happen. Yes, and like, it was so difficult to watch because it's like, a, a lot of straight men would be like, fake supportive, support, support. But then when things happen, they're like, oh no. Mm-hmm. There's no caring there. There's no, I support you. There's no none of that. Because things change because they have their own, their own agenda, their own, you know, separate thing from like helping you and, and they don't see you, they don't understand how you feel. And so I'm like, wow, really? Mm-hmm. It's so scary to see. How do you think it could change? Potentially. Would you want to stay in, in the space and face this person every day? You know what I mean? Like this person should be fired and should be relocated right. maybe, but how are they going to get whatever they need in order to actually change? I think if they move the person, it's like there's other women out there. So to move him, it's all like, you're just moving a problem to a different space. That's all you're doing. It's so difficult because you, like, you don't want to see him. Like, you know, you don't want to see that. And you don't want to be around that. But then to move him somewhere else where he can do that to someone like another woman who's just living her life, being herself. And, you know, just it's difficult. And it's all like this, like this man shouldn't even be around. Like this man should be like in in jail or prison because he shouldn't do that at all. But then for them to move him, like to move his man somewhere else is all like you're just putting another woman in danger. Yeah, it's a fresh start. Start all over again. No one knows what you've been through. Yeah. You're making it seem like, oh, it's fine. He's gone. No, you're putting someone someone else in danger. Stop him. Turn this evidence over to the police. Give this evidence to someone. Like, show them, like, this man needs to stop. Give all this information to them. Because this man, if he did it to me, he can do it to someone else. Mm-hmm. At, at a different store. At 
anywhere else. You just moved the problem. You didn't fix it. You just moved it. And I felt like they need to learn that. All you're doing is putting the problem somewhere else. Yeah. You're not fixing it. And I think I think this is the struggle with why a lot of sexual assault things don't go too far. Because if it was something that was like a criminal record deal, 99% of straight guys would be guilty right. of something. Do you know what I mean? Like, you can't do that. They'd just be like, everybody is guilty of it. I mean, I'm 100% sure that everyone has done some kind of sexual assault. They right. just don't know how much it is like some are obviously more extreme than others but i think that it all exists because you don't know what you're doing with your privilege right and that's the thing i feel like it's learning understanding what what sexual assault is and like what like what you did like oh like damn like you see what you did there like that's bad like don't do that again and let me learn from this let me understand let me see your feelings let me see why i made this person person feel like that like let me fully understand this person and like know that this is not okay this is not okay like let me not do this again and it's to have that understanding and a lot of people don't want that understanding because they're just stuck in that mindset of like, oh, I did it. I, I did it once. I'm sorry. Okay, we'll move on. No, you have to fully understand like that's bad. You can't do it again. You can't keep doing that. You have to be like, okay, stop. That's not, that's not okay. Let me really educate myself on like what that does to someone mentally, physically, and emotionally because that's not okay. And they don't, they don't think about that. Mm-hmm. And I think what sucks is that like being strong and resilient to this actually makes it easier for them to continue doing it because you only hear the stories of the strong people that that are okay talking back and can deal with it you never hear about the ones that didn't or can't deal with you know and that just kind of live traumatized for their whole lives and like no one talks about those people you only hear about the strong people talking right and that's the thing i feel like they want to put the strong people to the front because they're like oh like you're speaking out against it. We love that. But it's all like, what about the, the, the women and men who aren't speaking about it? What about them? They're going through it. They're not okay. Go speak to them. Go ask, how are you doing? Go help them. Go educate yourself on about it. Because they just like, I feel like they focus so much on the strong women and men. It's like, that's great. But those who are going through it mentally and physically and emotionally, those are the ones that we need to really focus on. It's so, it's just so hard. Yeah. And I think another thing is like, you're being pushed to be stronger. Right. And then when you are, you're kind of like people, at least people say to me like, oh, at least you're strong. So everything's okay for you. And I'm kind of like, well, what the fuck? If I wasn't strong, then then what? Like, what would actually happen? Because there's no, there's no response to that. And then now it's like, okay, so all of the responsibility is on me to be strong, to survive this, to whatever, to, to talk about it, to do all these things. And then that means everyone has to go through this and everyone has to be strong. It's like impossible. It's so hard because it's like, you can't ask someone to be strong. You can't yeah. force them to be strong at all. You have to let them go through emotions. You can go check on them and be like, hey, how are you doing? Are you okay? But don't force them to be like, push through it. No, they have to go through it mentally. They have to, you know, work themselves through it. Like you don't, you don't push them like, oh, you know what? Just face it. Don't face that. That's mental. Like that. It's something traumatic. That's traumatic. So for you to tell them to like be strong and like, oh, you're strong, you're fine. Like, no, all because I'm strong and speaking out doesn't mean I'm okay. Doesn't mean I just faced it and moved on. No, I'm still going through it every day. Mm-hmm. I'm just telling my story because guess what? I don't want this to happen to someone else, but I'm still going through it. You just can't like, oh, you're fine. Like, no, I'm still pushing through it. I'm still learning. I'm still doing all these things. So for someone to be like, oh, you're fine. Like you're strong. Like, no, I'm still going through it. Like what? It's just like, you you just don't care about my feelings. Yeah. Everyone just wants to get to the solution, right? Yeah. Where everyone is fine again. And 
and there's no complaints and and there's no weirdness. You know, I think we're very avoidant of awkward conversations or negative conversations because then you're calling someone out. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. You're just saying literally like, hey, this is something you missed in your perspective of life. It's nothing personal. It's just like educational almost. Right. And then you can show me something. But why do you think there's so much resistance? I feel like a lot of people hate being educated and like they hate the bad conversations because they're like, either they've seen it and they're just scared to talk about it because they don't want to be seen as like, oh, you're speaking up. It's okay to speak up. Like, speak up, please speak up, like talk about it. But when they sit there and they don't want to talk about it and they know this is going on, we need to have this conversation. This is something we need to talk about. This is something that's going on in the world. Other people would need to be warned about this. And they're like, that's uncomfortable. Like, no. A lot of things are uncomfortable, but you still have to talk about them and move through them. And the fact that you're just like, oh, like, I don't want to talk about this. No, you're just saying that you basically don't care. Like, you just don't care about it because you don't want to talk about it. But the thing is this, if we can't have those tough conversations, then who will? Mm-hmm. 100%. Then, who, then nothing will get done. Nothing will be spoken upon. All those things will just be moved aside, moved along, moved to the past. And they'll be like, boop, okay, that's fine. No, but it's like, we need to have those conversations so we can educate ourselves and learn. We need to have those conversations so we can know, so we can see those red flags, so we can know these things. But a lot of them don't want to. So I, I mean, I discovered you from a video that you put up on like these weird things that straight guys do to women. Yeah. And then you kind of question saying, do guys even like women because of the right. way that they're treating them? Did you get any responses from straight guys? about that yes funny thing is i got a lot of response from like black men and that's like basically it yes only black men and the thing that they said were like you're gay so you don't know anything about straight men you don't know anything about straight men like you don't know none of these things and i'm like i see what you're saying like i'm a gay man like you he would know anything but i've been around my brothers you know i was raised by my brothers and i see the things that do i'm on the outside looking into their relationship when they like marry women or like you know a, a baby mother and all these things and how they treat them so when all these like straight black men are coming at me sideways, I feel like if it doesn't apply to you, then, you know, just let it go. But you're feeling some, some type of way because guess what? You do these things. You do these things. And I called you out for it. I, like, I didn't call you out yourself, but I called you out for your actions, your actions that you do. And you felt and you felt some type of way about that. And there's been a lot of times they're like, oh, women do it too. And I'm like, I didn't say women do it too. But from what I've seen on the outside of looking into straight men and then their, their relationships with women and different things like that. I've seen what they do and it's so bad. And then hearing the stories from other women, from, from my sisters, from friends, and then seeing these things, it's all like, wow, straight men do these things. And, and guess what? I'm on the outside. I'm a gay man. I'm on the outside looking in. And then like a lot of women were asking for advice and I'm like, hold up, wait, he said those things. And then hearing them, hearing these things, knowing these things, it's all like, wow, he did that. He said that. Okay. Wow. And then like, the thing is, like, it's not all straight men, but it's majority. It's a lot. And it's like, wait, hold up. If this man did this and then this man did this, it's like a cycle or something, but it's different men. And it's so crazy to see. And the only thing is, is it's only black men coming at me sideways. It's been no other race of men but black men. Really? Yes. What, was there any, like, example, like a specific thing that you said that they particularly were like, we don't do that or you don't no, know No, actually... About? No, they, it's funny because they're like, you're gay, so you don't know. They say, like, you like men too, so just focus on the men. Or like, you like men, so you shouldn't want, you shouldn't want men. It's like, I, I do love men. Like, I, I want a man, but I don't want a man who, who's going to treat me like that. And other women aren't going to want a man who's, who's going to treat them like that either. And a lot of them, 
I'm not gonna say all of them. They never said I was wrong. They never said I was wrong. They just brought uh-huh. up that I'm gay and I'm black. That's it. And then like I had talked about it on my TikTok and I was like, it's only been gay black men. I mean, straight black men. Sorry about that. It's only been straight black men. I never said in my video straight black men. I said straight men, some straight men. And they felt attacked. They felt attacked because I feel like they see my skin color and they're like, oh, you know what? You're trying to down black men. I'm like, no, <laughs> I was talking about all like some, some straight men. And they just went with that. Like, oh no, hold up. And I was like, you don't have to feel attacked. Like if it's not you, then don't feel attacked. If you don't do those things, then you're fine. Like ignore it, move on, boom, bop, you know, yeah. but they felt attacked. And it was like, okay, hold up. <laughs> What are some of your favorite examples? I know you named a whole bunch in your videos, um, but what are some of your favorite examples of like red flags straight guys do? Yeah. Oh my goodness. The first, when you guys first meet, if he like brings up, you know, anything about sex, because if he knows you're trying to get to know him like dating wise and he brings up sex, it's like, hold up, wait, like, why do you want to know about my, my body count or like, you know, how many men I've been with or my exes? So like, hold up, you're trying to get to know me. Like, we're not having sex yet. So like, wait, right now it's the simple things. It's about who I am, not about my sexual history. And then like later down the line, if they're like, um, if they're like, oh, you're going to find someone better. It's like, hold up. That's kind of rare. And then you have to reassure them every time they say that and they keep saying it's like, hold up. Now you're trying to like manipulate me. Like what's going on? And then like, even in the talking stage, that's like, that's when the red flags do come out because that's the key to communication. And once that communication dwindles, it's all like, hold up. But when they start to like, say like, hey, um, do you want to go out? And then you go out with him. And then like, they start, you know, saying weird things like, oh, so what you trying to do? Or what's up? Like, you know, and like, they start getting sexual. It's like, okay, hold up. Wait now, this is a date. You're trying to get to know me. And it's like, hold up, backtrack. What are you here for? Because a lot of different men, like, I feel like during the talking stage, you have to ask them, like, what are you here for? And then, because at that time, you kind of get to see, but a lot of times they don't. Like, you don't get to know because they have a lot of straight men have hidden agendas. And it's so scary. It's so, like, I don't know, you know, like, I don't know what you're here for, but, like, you just know what you're here for. So, like, I don't know. One thing that I've seen with, like, my brothers is that, like, they'll try to uplift the women so much so a high pedestal like I was like you're beautiful all these different things in that first talking stage and then they'll keep doing and keep doing it and then they'll drop communication and then they'll wait to see if you know she'll come back like oh oh like I'm here I'm sorry I was busy and then like they'll try to make it seem like she's like you know coming after him she's Mm -hmm. here for like you know she's running like no sir you you were saying all these different things like you said you were here for me you know you say love me all these things which is which is a red flag because if he says he loves you on the like the first you know a few conversations like hold up now there's a lot of different things that straight men do and I'm like why do you do this why do you keep doing this I've been talking to like a a lot of women and different girls about you know advice and like things like that it's so crazy to see with a lot of different men they do this hearing these stories and like giving these women like girls women and girls advice it's all like wow the straight men the straight black men who are like oh no it's it's not all of us like you know it's not all of us it's not all of us it's like but it's majority it's a lot Mm-hmm. it's a lot because from these stories and from these reactions and like I've seen a lot of text messages and um, it's like wow like oh my goodness like what it's so many red flags after red flags after red flags and like oh it, it's mind-boggling because it'll be the most once my friends she was talking to this one gentleman and then um he was like I'm cold at heart like you know she didn't think anything of it okay. and then like later on it turned out he didn't have any emotions towards her. He didn't care about how she felt. He was very much manipulative, but he, he made it seem to her like she can change him. Mm-hmm. Like, 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 like you can change me. Like, you know, like I'm a dog. You can change me. But that key little phrase, 
opened up so much dialogue and so much emotion, so many little, you know, those it's a, the most littlest things that matter that show a lot of statements, emotions, and, and their intentions about a lot of different women and how they feel. Yeah, It's crazy. I think there's a big desire to control people, control the situation mm-hmm. in general. And I don't think they they see women as other humans, you know, because you can buy women at a certain time, you know, and, and now your currency is not as strong as it used to be. Right. And now you're like, crap, I have to add, you know, personality to my currency. Right. Now. And, right. and, but then they're still hoping to buy women, you know, they no. just have to change the currency. So, Literally. you know what I mean? And I think when it's like, no, your, your money does, it doesn't work here. You got to use something else. It's like, what, actually there's not even a storefront anymore. You know, like this right. is, we're just two humans now. And that's just like mind blowing because, well, how, how else am I supposed to prove my worth? If I don't get a reward, then what's the point in, in, in doing this job, spending all this time, being so busy at work, blah, blah, blah. If I don't get this, this trophy at the end of the day. And right. I think when I speak to other guys on the show, it was this like fear of just like the unknown of like the life that they have today and how they recognize right. it to be like non-existent. And I think no matter what, if you're already in that fear state, you're mm-hmm. going to add that hostility towards anyone right. that seems to be normal, not right. normal, but like happy with themselves right now, which is right. kind of like the oppressed because there's no time, but now, cause the world is on fire. So we might as well, you know what I mean? And I think it's, it's because of that, that everyone's like, oh my God, what do we do now? Because everyone's just throwing what they believe in suddenly and no one knows how to react. They don't. And it's crazy because it's all like, with, with a lot of shit being like, they're like, what do we use now? Like, like, what do we use now? It's like, you have to use personality. You have to like, it's you. Like, I want to see you. Like, that's it. And then like, a lot of times they don't know who they are. So they'll make up a, a persona or they'll make this person out that they think they are. And then they'll like put that to the forefront. It, it, it's like looking at a poster. And then when you watch the movie, it's all like, uh-uh, this is not what was portrayed on the first, you know, on the first few things. And it's all like, wow, like it, it changes so much. It changes a lot. It's like, really? It's crazy. It's mind boggling. Like, oh my goodness, it is. I think it's hard because I mean, even if I was going to talk to someone, I'd be like, what do you like? Normally they would either relate to a TV show character, a movie character about their life so that you can kind of relate to them or be like, Oh, okay. Yeah. I've seen that movie. I kind of understand what your, what your life is like. Right. But if you didn't have that example and that's usually people that are oppressed, right. There's no representation. So, so they're like, wait, what is this imaginary life you have? Cause I haven't seen a representation of that. So I don't, I don't know how to relate. So how would you kind of describe the difference now? I would say that because I know a lot of people do that. Like, you know, they're like, Oh, this life that I have, you know, and they'll try to compare it with like other characters. And it's all like, Hmm, like, what like who are you truly yeah you know because without that it's like who are you what are your emotions what are your feelings like what is your mindset like where do you see yourself going like show me this give me this like now now develop this now learn this and be who you are because at the end of the day they would compare themselves and it's all like there's no comparison because it's like at the end of the day who are you mm-hmm. and they don't know how to move forward with that and they don't know how to like really interact with that they don't know how to like build that up and really show those emotions and show what they want. But yeah, I think it's weird that (laughs) a lot of straight men, whenever there's an attack on just general straight men, it's like not all men as the example, but all men are trying to act the same. 
technically, Literally. you know, like you're, you're still trying to leverage status, power, money, whatever to get things and control right. things. So technically, yes, all men in the sense of like, everyone's going for the same goal. Right. And then I think that's projected onto others. So like, I, I think that the media has tried to depict gay men to look exactly the same and have a gay man character look, right? Like, how are your feelings on that? Do you feel like you've been forced into this image of what a gay man's supposed to look like? Or has it been pretty open for you? I'm not gonna lie. Like, me being in the gay community, I feel like I've been forced to, like, oh, gay men look like this and be like this. And I'm like, I'm nothing like that. Like, that's not me. Because I know who I am and, and I know my worth and things grow. But I feel like once they see that one gay man who, like, fits that stigma, they're like, oh, then all gay men are like this. All gay that's men have that. Yeah. Yeah, like, right. And it's all like, no, we're all not like, we all live different lives. But they see that one that fits their standard and, and fits, you know, what they think. And they're like, oh, they all act like that then. And it's like, no, we don't. No. Mm-hmm. And in the media, like, that's when they really push it. Because they're like, oh, this gay man right here, they all like, act like this. They're all like him. It's like, I'm not. No. I don't know who, who he is, but that's not me. We're not the same type of person. We have different emotions. We have different qualities and things like that. But they wanted to make it seem like that. It's like, no, we, like, we're different. Like, we, we all come from different backgrounds, but they have that one that they know, and they're like, that fits our stigma, and that's who we know. It's like, no, it's not. Who, who is the one? Because every time I ask this, like, straight guys, they're always like, oh, Captain America. I'm like, really? But I guess that, I don't know. Like, what is the guy? Uh, the Okay, so the one to me, like, for, for me as a gay man, as a gay black man, is like little Nas X. They see him, and they're like, oh, they, they all act like him. They all do the things he, like he does. And it's all like, no, we don't. No, like, as a gay man, I feel like they push him to the forefront of what they think all big gay Black men. And it's all like, but he fits their stigma or their standard of what a gay man is and a gay man does and, like, all those sort of things. So they use him, and they're like, this is what you guys are. Mm-hmm. This is all of you. And it's like, no. I think it's crazy that they do it in a way that's, like, pseudo-empowering. You know, it's like, oh, this person has a style to them and they have like these characteristics and and this is empowering. This is what like right. if you want to come out, you should be encouraged to because this is a fantastic yeah. representation of that. But then they don't add in any of the understanding of those emotional traumas that you have to go through of not right. being accepted. Right. And of actually choosing to be your own person. And then they're like right. repeating the problem of being like, everyone's that one person. That's it. There's only one version. Literally. And like, it's so annoying to see because I'm like, I feel like they really push that on like, gay black men. They push that on us. And it's all like, no. And like, I do love Lil Nas X, but I feel like they try to like take his image and they're like, this is what you guys are like. And this is what you guys should do. They'll like either put it in like a, ne- a, a negative light or a positive light. They're like, oh, this is what they do. Like if they do something that they don't like, they'll be like, oh, get all gay men, all the gay black men do this. Uh-huh. Mm. Boom. But the fact that you want to all stigmatize us to like him or like the, the, the bad thing he does, like he doesn't even, he doesn't even do anything bad, which is a, which is a crazy thing. It's just that when a lot of straight men or women like see that, they're like, oh, this is what all gay people do. They're forcing this. I'm going to wrap up with a couple questions. So I, I love how, um, I mean, this is what millennials have been saying, uh, that Gen Z has just canceled a lot of things and they've like canceled gender in that sense of just like the whole push towards gender neutrality. And I think um, just being over 30 in my generation, what we were taught, what gay people look like, you know, was Glee, 
basically, right? And um, oh, Glee, like the TV show Glee. Yeah, I think now that we're moving towards this gender neutral space, a lot of people like over forty are like, oh, I don't, I don't want to offend people. I don't like know how to not use pronouns. Like, there's there's so much learning to do that it's like confusing or disorienting and. Most of it is just discomfort, but they're treating it. I don't know. They could be aggressive about it or not. What are your thoughts? Um, Because before, I think in the millennial space, a lot of gay men were like, what do you think a gay man looks like? You know, like, are they supposed to wear pink? Are we supposed to look like Ken dolls? Like, there was always a challenge on the aesthetic of it. Right. Where are you now in your generation being 20? Like, how is that space changing in terms of like, does it matter about how you look or is it about how you act? You know, like what are some new characteristics of what what it means to be in that space? I feel like when it comes to like how you look and how you act, like there's still like a lot of gay men and straight people who are like, you know, this was look like this or this was like look like that. And it's all like, no, we look like ourselves. And those characteristics change every day. But it's like we're all different, you know, but I feel like now those old thoughts are still here because I feel like a lot of them want a Ken doll, like, a, you know, a gay friend who, who looks like a Ken doll. Or they they think that a lot of gay men wear pink or things like that. And it's all like, those thoughts are still used now. Mm-hmm. But it's like, it, it's getting better to be switched over. Like, we're not all like that. It's changing now. Me being 20, I do follow a lot of gay YouTubers and like uh, um, Twitter gentlemen. And like, I see them and I learn so much from them because like, they're like in their like 30s or 40s and I see how their mindsets go and then like what they've learned over the years. And I've learned so much from them. Like, oh my God, like, you know, like they used to think like this because I'm, I don't know, you know, in the nineties like that, but mm-hmm. learning it now, like, I feel like we're becoming ourselves and we're showing who we are and those characteristics are still here, but they're dwindling away slowly and they're leaving slowly. But it's just, if we still just push that change, like we're different. That's it. Like we're different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. I love that there's just that openness that, yeah. you know, I think just didn't exist before. And right. I think out of your age group, like, what does peace look like for you? What does the future look like for you? What would you ideally want to change? What are your priorities changing with the way society runs itself and, you know, how they're trying to control us in the, in the stereotypes that they've put in place? Um. Oh, my goodness. That, that's the thing is this. I feel like with society... I feel like it's changing, but to me, I would want it to change a lot, you know, when it comes to the whole stigma around, like, you know, age and HIV and things like that, you know, how you see men and women. But I feel like it fully won't change because that mindset is put in place. It was put there. So it's so difficult to, you know, say, like, I want this change or to push for that change because a lot of times it's just trends like, oh, this person did this and like that mindset's there. And like they'll care then, you know, like, oh, push for the change now. But tomorrow a different piece of change will pop up and then they'll care then. And then that that one change that, that was there yesterday is still there that needs to be pushed for. But it won't happen. Nothing will because guess what? Like there's something new there. Oh, mm-hmm. this is this piece of change is here. And like I I want to see those stigmas gone. I want to see, like, oh, men act like this. Men is be masculine. Like, no, let men, like, let gay men be men. Like, just, like, let gay men be them. And then let straight men, like, let straight men be feminine. Like, let those things happen. You don't have to put that stigma on these things. Like, let this change happen. Yeah. And I think right now, like, that that trend of, like, gender neutrality is, like, it's, like, an aesthetic. You know what I mean? It's not real. Yeah. They, they don't and really the thing, adopt it. And then the thing is, it's, like, I feel like, for, like, a lot of people, it's, like, that's who they are. Like, boom, that's, it's there. 
But for a lot of different people, it's all like once they see someone else the way that like it, it becomes like we're we're all doing this, like this is who we are, it becomes a trend to other people. Like, oh no, it's a trend. It's yeah. a trend. And it's all like, why is it a trend to you? Like this is this is not nothing to take as a joke. Like it's not something that you can just hop on board and like, oh, I'm doing it too. And that's and that's why I feel like it is. Mm, that's huge. We're taking someone else's just genuine, authentic version of them and turning them into a trend you know, and adopting it because it's so wild, you know, for someone to be different. And I didn't, I didn't really think of it that way. You know, I thought, I mean, I guess that's how they get their inspiration to develop a trend, but it's literally like you're, you're cherry picking random authentic people. And that's, that's literally what you're doing and turning those into trends. And then the rest of us have to follow it. The the rest of us that haven't chosen our authentic selves are, um, are following those trends. Right. Right they do take certain like things from people and they use that as a trend like no that's who that person is like authentically but it's like why are you using that as a trend like why are you trying to use that to like grow yourself and you know use this like it's like it's terrible to see it really is it's like oh like just be you and then like they'll see like that person is getting you know like they see that this person is being themselves and then like they're like oh is that what's making people like you and like is that what is that's what making people see you more and then they'll take that and they'll use it and i'm like oh that's me too Mm-hmm. like that's yeah. not a trend like that's not a trend love that's who I am yeah and that's like so many new masks that you're putting on yourself and thinking that you're being seen but actually you're making yourself less and less and less seen because you keep right adding those layers away from you right right um my last question to you is out of everything that we talked about is there anything that you want to invite another man to elaborate on in another episode on the show there's a lot. I would say that because there's a lot. If it's like if if it's a gay man, I would say like the the beauty standard in the gay community because there's so much that like, oh, you have to look this, you have to look like that. And then if it's like a man, oh well, a straight man, I would say equality, treating women equal, like treating them, treating them like with respect, because women like women deserve respect and like they need that. Like, like you have to treat them with respect. And it's just like, you know, just so many different angles. There's so many different angles that they can speak on. Those two things need to be spoke up, like spoke up on if, if it is one of those two. Okay. And um, what are what are your thoughts on how someone can um, can be more respectful in relationships? I feel like over the time, like I've seen with straight men and like a lot of straight women, I feel like knowing the person, like knowing their emotions, knowing yourself though, that's the main thing. Like knowing what you can handle, what you can't handle. But when it comes to relationships, like it's knowing that person's emotions, caring for them, because you have to understand like emotions too. They have, they have dreams too. They have goals too. So don't just take them for granted. Don't just, you know, lead them on. Don't just use them. You really have to understand, just understanding of that and learning. It's growth. It's growth. You have to learn. You have to grow. It's just putting your mindself to just, to know more and to put yourself to be like, okay, let me sit back and understand. Let me listen. And that's the main thing. Mm. I love that. I don't think anyone has described respect like that, that it's like truly humbling. Do you know what I mean? Because I think straight men look at respect as something else. Like you have right. to like remove it from them, you know, <laughs> versus right. like, actually, it's just accepting and listening and just like taking a step back. You don't actually have to do anything to give respect. 
Because the thing is, it's like when you meet someone like you can respect them, but it's about understanding their feelings because my feelings are there. Like my, the love is there. The hurt is there. The sadness is there. Respect those. Respect my emotions. Respect all those things. See me. Because I feel like with a lot of treatment, they don't see those things. They don't see the emotions. They don't see those things. It's like, just see those things. Understand. Listen. Mm-hmm. It's like, no. Yeah. It's crazy. Thank you so much. This has been such a good chat. How did you like it? Is this your first podcast? This is my first podcast. I hope I did good. I hope I didn't offend anyone because I don't want anyone to be offended. If I did, I'm sorry. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I hope I didn't. If I offended you, I'm sorry, Amanda. I hope I didn't. Yeah, this is my first podcast. I'm excited. This is amazing. I really did love this because I, I got to touch on a lot of different topics and like yeah. to show, you know, my opinion and show what I understand and show what I learned. And I love this. I love this podcast. I love this conversation. <laughs> I did. And, and I did listen to a lot of different podcasts. I love number, I think, 52 I, I loved it. I, I think it was number 52 or 20, 52 or 62. Which one was that about? The um trans Asian man. Trans. Uh-huh, yeah. I love that one. That one was so, I loved it. I loved it. It was so good. I loved it. I love your podcast. I just, <laughs> but that one, that one was so good because it touched on so many different topics that I didn't even learn. I didn't even know. And I was like, oh my God, I loved it so much. Yeah. Right. And it's just like, these are just normal people living their lives, but no one asks those questions, right? You always ask about like, what's your job? What are you doing? And whatever, like things that you can look up on LinkedIn, like this is a real conversation. You know what I mean? It's real conversation. That's what it is. And I love that it's real people. It's just real people, but hidden. Like it's real people expressing their emotion, but they're hidden. Like you get to see their mindset, see what they're like, see what they've learned, see so much, but you don't know who they are. Like I love that. I really enjoyed this idea that you don't actually have to physically do anything to give respect. There is no doing. Rather, it's actually taking the back seat, listening, and giving space for someone to feel seen rather than understood. What are your thoughts on the topic of respect and what it means to you? Make sure to subscribe. And if you'd like to be on the show or know of someone with a unique perspective, slide into my DMs at Miss Amanda Chin on Instagram. And I'll see you next Wednesday with more episodes of The 100 Must Men. Hold up. 